Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Vilander. This is Mary Carrillo. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. I wonder if 20 years ago somebody was sitting in a cab on the way back from the US Open to Manhattan when Serena Williams had just reached her first ever Grand Slam final and was talking on a podcast, Catherine. I don't know. Definitely not. No. The answer is to that. You couldn't do this 20 years ago, could you? I mean, you could talk. (laughs) No one would be listening. No. You'd just be a crazy person talking in a car. So, uh, well, hopefully you all think that that's an improvement, that element, (laughs) that you get to listen to this. Um, But that's, that's where we are. We have the same woman in the final 19 years and 364 days on, and she's going to be up against a player who wasn't even born when she was in that final. Isn't that extraordinary to think? Yes. Yes, it is. There are so many extraordinary lines like that that we are yeah. going to trot out over the course of the next half hour. Oh, yes. Yes, I've and got Matt's notes. each one will notes. be worthy of a trotting. <laughs> they will. Uh, it's been quite a day. It's been quite a day. And, yeah, we're sitting in the back of the car. And it's... I feel quite... I feel I'm buzzing about the last five games that uh, Bianca Andreescu played against Belinda Bencic. And to be fair, and I don't always like to be fair to Catherine, but on this occasion I will be, she called it. Because when uh, Bencic was leading, well, when she was leading... 4-1, I think it was. Yeah, 4-1 in that second set. I mean, Andreescu keeps on doing this to me. Every time she (laughs) gets in trouble, I think that's it. And... (laughs) I also thought Benchich looked so good. I think the opposite. I, know, <laughs> I think you, she's got her where she wants it. She just messaged to me, I've still got Andreescu winning this. And yeah. I just I just sort I of did, shook my head. The scoreline seemed to have... The scoreline in that second set had no impact on my conviction about Andreescu winning it. Which... I, I don't know. There's something supernatural about it. There is. It's it is a strange. It's not a strange ability she has. It is a champion 
ability she has very few people that I've ever seen play the sport have what I think she has I mean look this may end up being one year people may find her out and she may end up not being quite as good as I think or something like that I don't think so though um, because what she went into a, a gear that I I haven't seen anybody else have in the in this tournament not like that no I mean her coach has talked about the fact that the element of surprise and the element of the unknown has been a a help to her this year and the fact that they recognise that or he recognises that will I'm sure help them next year prepare for the the sophomore season as they call it <laughs> yeah we only say that word when we're we at call the US it, Open. Brits call it the difficult second album <laughs> yeah we do yes um, yeah the, the tennis equivalent of What's the Story Morning Glory which is a great album Be Here Now was the problem anyway um, <laughs> yeah, well, th- those of us who are a bit older are thinking definitely maybe That was the first album. Yeah. Yeah. So no one's no one's questioning the quality of the first album. Okay, that was just like a prep. Um, But anyway, I think that look, I think that could be a factor next year, as you've said. But there's no finding out the her extraordinary competitive skills. They are Nadal-esque. They are right up there with as good as I've ever seen. Mm. The will. That, that I feel like she could m- make supernatural things happen with her force of will, you know, like mo- move things with her eyes. <laughs> I'm starting to believe this. Um, <laughs> I would actually compare her more to Serena Williams than Rafael Nadal. And the reason I would do that is because he is he has a relentlessness and he's had it since day one that we saw him where he doesn't let down at all. He just keeps on coming every single point. She she had a big dip at the, the start of the yeah. second set. Plus, the first set, Bencic was the better player. I don't quite know how Andreescu won that set. She had six break points. Andreescu had zero. At, the, at one point, it was nine no, I think it was 12-0 in terms of break points. And yet Andreska was still in, in the set. And then, I mean, it was like she jumped in a rocket and just went flying off into the distance. The, the tennis she produced. And I, I think that that's something really we've only seen Serena have, that, that gear, that... Right. Here we go. And, uh, and it's, but it's every shot that Andreescu has because, I mean, the match was fascinating to watch... Really, she was fighting her, her battle with just the forehand. She hit 15 forehand winners in the first set, and the 15th of them was to save set point at 4-5 with a, just a colossal forehand winner down the line. And that was the only moment that she looked significantly the better player in the set was, was when she absolutely needed it. And then in the second set, and Bencic was playing brilliantly. Just She was playing her game... But then this gear comes out from Andrescu. It's like it's like she suddenly just has this rush of adrenaline and, and off she goes. Yeah, I mean, I know you were alarmed by her um, massive drop-off. and I mean, she did. She looked out on her feet, didn't she? But all I saw was a woman just regrouping, just, just, just biding her time, really. I mean, I'm sure there was a lot more going on. Um, stress-wise in her head than that but I just I am completely captivated and bowled over by her I think she's um, 
I know there's and I know there's an arms race with young talent to to predict big things and say big things and and uh, hurry them into achieving things before they're ready or able. But I I I think she's just unbelievable. In in I can't unbelievable in a way that eclipses any of the other talent that's yeah, well, been men, coming through men or women because men or women for n- sure she's the first one of the next generation if you want to call it that who just cards on the table it's not potential here she's, you go she I've, said in a pre-tournament interview with ESPM I'm going to do big things at this tournament wow. and that would seem precocious or irritating as somebody else and it I mean, it is, I know, it, it, is pre- it is precocious. It's just that if you can deliver on it, well, it's not irritating. It's just brilliant. Um, I love it. And I just like the fact that the, there hasn't been a period of potential for her. There's only been delivery. She was of ranked it, delivering 264, on not even 12 months ago. She wasn't, she wasn't even in this tournament 11 12 months, months ago. ago. She lost in qualifying 12 months Round ago. Round one to Heather Watson. I think by. No, hang on. That was Coco Goff, wasn't yeah. it? She my, lost in qualifying. She lost though. in qualifying, and one of my favourite lines of the night was Pam Shriver saying, I don't think I'd even heard of you a year ago. <laughs> yeah. And I, I had not really heard... I know there'll be there'll be some tennis podcast listeners or some people who refuse to listen to the tennis podcast because they think they know way more than we do who will be saying, well, I followed us in la-la-la. Oh, um, the early adopters. Yeah, which is absolutely fine. You know, good for you. The fact is, I saw her for the first time in Auckland at the start of the year, and... It was one of those, you know, you often see a name, and I, I didn't know too much about her name, but I think she'd had one good win in that tournament, and I, th- I started to watch the second match of it. And, the, and I think it was probably the one against on Wozniacki. And the way she beat her, it wasn't just the fact that she beat her, I remember the you way texting me about her. that at the time, just saying, you know, check out this girl, or something like that, something just, along those lines. She just got everything. She just strikes you like a thunderbolt in every not, way. And is a is a is a great example of how important presence is mm. on a court. I know that sounds like sort of fluff around the edges, but it's not. It's really not. It wins you points. I mean, Serena Williams' presence on the court tonight won a sort of a set, maybe more. Mm. Elena Svitolina just recoiled into her shell, and I know it's something we talk about with as Brits with Kyle Edmund his lack of presence on the court and it's something that if it doesn't come naturally is very difficult to magic out of nowhere but it is huge the thing is when I first saw Andreska and I, I, I'd sort of quite like to go back to the the conversation we had and find out what it was that I said but (laughs) I know that when I saw a play what struck me then was when was the last time you saw a player with variety and angles and spin that has huge power. When was the last time you saw that? Do you remember, do you it's remember, usually a trade-off, isn't it? Yeah, see, it's one or the other. Remember when, I think it was when she won Indian Wells, I said it's like somebody's given Kasatkina a bazooka. <laughs> you know, I mean... What a line. How, what a line. How on earth um, is that possible? Yeah, it's interesting because when Belinda Bencic was asked about her 
game comparison asked to compare her game to to Martina Hingis a couple of days ago she said I don't have the feel I don't have quite as much feel or touch but I have a little bit more power expressing it in those terms like oh I've sacrificed a bit of feel and touch to have a bit more power as as if you know it, it, every action must have an equal and opposite reaction well Bianca Andreescu defies the laws of physics. She shocks players. She really, and even in the course of a match, because they will come into a match with a, a tactical plan, and it might be working. And then there's a couple of options that they might consider might happen next. And Andreescu, there was one moment where she just started throwing in forehand slices in the middle of rallies and then a backhand slice, and then a loopy one. And she and she actually didn't win many of these points, but it must have thrown doubt into the mind. Because then, when she turned it on from 2-5 down in that second set, and she just went for broke, and she just overwhelmed Benchich. I felt quite sorry for Benchich. She's, she's made the moon ball cool again. <laughs> Hasn't she? When, when did you last see moon balling like that? Does that mean I'm back in? <laughs> yeah, she's made the moon ball cool the moon ball cool and she's made those um, plastic no snag scrunchy things cool again yeah I mean I've got a lot of those I'm considering starting wearing them on my on my arm can just, I borrow one just just to be just to be part of the gang to yeah. be part of something I'm up for it uh, well <laughs> she's she's into the final and I mean, the look on her face was fantastic. I mean, <laughs> I, do, I, I do think, that, and, you look know, at her mum's face. It's not, it's not fair to go years into the future because it, a, it's not relevant at the moment, and b, it's impossible to know for sure. I mean, I do wonder whether this is something that might might be more difficult when it when she's when she's already done it. You know, to, how do you rebound and come back next year and all the rest of it? But for now. I, I mean, I picked her to be in the final, and I don't mind. I don't mind gloating. Thought you picked her to win it. I picked her to win it. Yeah. Do you think she's winning it? I do. Yeah, I've told you. I mean, I picked her to win it. I t- picked her to beat Serena Williams in the final. So I'm feeling good. Uh, I'm, fe- I'm feeling Andreescu good. I tell you, <laughs> I, I might do the walk. I might do the Medvedev walk. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, that's tomorrow. The I could imagine Andreescu having a Medvedev walk. Actually, she's going to have to have a Medvedev moment because the crowd are going to be against her. I don't think she'll mind at all, and in fact, no. I think she will be a bit Daniel Medvedev about it. I think she'll be like, whatever, energy's energy. It'd be interesting Bring if they it. turned against her, wouldn't it? Do you think that might happen? <laughs> they turned against Naomi Osaka, so yeah. yes, I suspect they could. God, it could be an amazing final, but I, I just. Um, feel the way watching her grasp that victory today um, and just not care just not care about the moment not it's it's like nobody's ever given her the talking to about stressful moments she just sort of does it her own way and uh, and just stares it down and says come on then come on I'll, I'll take you all on and uh, I'd love to know what happens at the start of the second set that makes her go 4-1 down because she suddenly becomes really erratic. Um, but I think it's almost like she gets a sugar low or something and then so- somebody suddenly comes out with a donut. Well, she's a teenager. Yeah. So. Oh, it's amazing. The first match, um, Serena Williams was facing down three break Pretty points good. in the first 
game. She saved three break points. And it's, uh, we were talking about this, that how different it is watching from our respective vantage points. I guess you were watching on TV, really, because you're in the studio. Yeah, I went out into the main concourse to watch on the big screen to sort right. of get a flavour of the atmosphere out there. But, yeah, I was watching on the screen. And the out. angles are different, aren't they? Mm. And you, you had sound that I wouldn't have had. And especially, and it's also different if you have commentary. I was I was the commentator. I was up, <laughs> up, up in the sky um, underneath the roof looking down on these players and my sense was and alongside Jill Crobas our sense was that actually Alina Svitolina was playing quite well um, in that first set she she did what she can do but the differential in power um, when Williams started to hit the ball and the other thing that Jill was saying is how clever she is at taking the opponent off the court with her angles it's not just battering ram tennis she she'll spread the court and open up a, a corridor to go down and again I just think she's underestimated Williams in terms of her ability to to win a match in several ways but what could she have done Svitolina yeah I don't think she could have done much really I mean I so, think she could have puffed out her chest a bit more and not yeah. looked quite so broken and but, intimidated but apart from that I, I, I can't Tennis-wise, I'm not sure what weaponry she had to, to no. combat. Courtney said she felt that. she was flat, which which I, really surprised me because my and I, I will often listen to what Courtney says and think, yeah, I invariably do. But having commentated on it, the first set, I thought, I think Svitolina's playing all right here. She's just up against simply a better player. Just there's nothing else to say really. Um, but but the second set, the way Williams just stepped on it, and uh, and then I was reading that line that that Matt told us about from Tamani, uh, Tamani Carroll yeah. in in the uh, in the Guardian, uh, having seen Serena Mouth, I'm coming for you about yeah. the U.S. Open. Not I'm not about her opponent, but in the previous round, it seems as though she was really got the bit between her teeth and she's ready to go here I, I don't sense any 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 stress really do you no I didn't tonight I can't believe it's not there but I didn't tonight I really I really didn't I mean just as I don't know just as that draw the first round draw of uh, Maria Sharapova focused her mind sharpened her mind I think for this tournament and um, we spoke to Patrick Montogli yesterday and he said that usually Serena bans him from telling her the draw, telling her who she's playing until the day before the match. And he took it upon himself to break that ban in this case because he wanted her to know that she had drawn Maria Sharapova because he thought it would sharpen her mind and he said it <laughs> absolutely did described the look in her eye when she found out and it sounded terrifying um, so just as that happened on sort of the macro scale and the micro scale those opening couple of games I can't remember quite how long the first one was but the second one on Svitolina's serve which lasted well over nine minutes it was like that just sharpened her up and combined with the fact that losing her serve in the second game seemed to just break Svitolina um, it was just it was total one way traffic from that moment onwards it was 
it was sublime from Serena absolutely sublime Dan- Daniela thought it was and again there's a bit of an arms race with Serena commentary back to her best back to peak Serena I mean there have been so many peak Serenas haven't there 20 years since she reached her first final here so I don't know but it was it was blooming good and yet, and yet Serena seemed to not be that overwhelmed with her own performance afterwards in the press comments which uh, which I I felt a bit bamboozled by um, she seemed pretty pleased with it on the court I thought mm. she was v- very giddy I mean how could you not be but I was quite struck by how giddy and she gave us a uh, an on-court interview which she hasn't all fortnight um, so that's I, a good sign yeah I think she was pretty chuffed with that yeah. Yeah, maybe we missed reading that then in the press comments. Um, she, um, although she didn't want to talk about um, her potential opponents, did she? Really? She, it, well, yeah. In, in the uh, interview she did with Renee Stubbs, the final question was, you know, oh, we don't know who you play. Will you watch that match? What are you expecting? Serena was not having any of it. Right. Well, they played each other, didn't they? Briefly. Briefly. Um, in. Toronto and it was a retirement and I mean my my I don't remember any of the rallies in that match the the only thing I actually there's two things I remember one is the moment that Serena hit a forehand return when the when the serve was out and it it was the penultimate point of the match and she hit hit a forehand harder than I've ever seen hit on a return I think and it was because she knew the back or she didn't think she could carry on with the back and it was one of those bailout returns and it almost almost knocked Andreescu into next week um, and the other thing I remember is when she retired Andreescu going straight up to her and kneeling down next to her and having a very long conversation and heart to heart a heart to heart but in a way that crikey she has no inhibitions whatsoever mm. does she I mean most players would be pretty shy and reserved and take a backward step leave Serena to it you know quietly go and accept the trophy <laughs> and Andreescu's she um, she changed her top on court as well today speaking of no inhibitions which I thought was brilliant I punched the air when she did that because of course that rule is recently changed as a result mm. of Elise Cornet receiving a code violation was it here last year that that happened yes it was yeah code violation for for changing her skirt on court so they've in the eventful balanced up that rule for the genders but I've not seen anyone um, calling upon that rule change have you seen that happen no anyway just further evidence of uh, Bianca Andreescu giving zero hoots about anything yep Hoots. (laughs) Hoots. <laughs> we use no hoots, hoots again. Given. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so that's the final on Saturday. Oh my goodness! Who? Who? How? How's it going to go? Can't wait. I, I think Andrescu. I don't. I don't think she knows how to lose anymore. Well, she's got to lose sometime. Yeah. Um, right. These blokes tomorrow. Hmm. Um, starts with Medvedev against Dimitrov. I find this such an interesting... I find them both fascinating, these semi-finals. And Berrettini against Nadal later on. 
and uh, Medvedev against Dimitrov. I'm just really interested in both matches. Yeah, so am I. I... I don't think that matchup is great for Dimitrov. Mm. It's one all, isn't it? It's it's one all. Um, they haven't. <sighs> yeah. Why I, isn't it? Why isn't it good for Dimitrov? I don't think he's going to enjoy the junk. Mm. Don't think he's going to enjoy the antics and the shenanigans and the the second serve aces and I don't think he's going to enjoy the randomness of it all I'm and not, not sure. knowing what's coming at him and I'm not sure he'll enjoy the ball flight either because the flatness it, yeah it's yeah. quite a similar ball flight to the one that Djokovic would give him although I think Djokovic rolls the ball more but yeah it's a slap you know, that Medvedev gives it isn't it he can't he can't beat Djokovic can he really Grigor. well he couldn't beat Federer true but I what worries me that I think even if he plays well and I do think he'll play well I don't I'm not worried about him not showing up um, or putting in a stinker or you know I do think he'll play well I just think just think it's it's going to be really tricky for him he's going to need to attack he's going to need to try to be the aggressor both in terms of his power from the baseline and also I think he's got to get into the net quite a bit I don't. Yes. You, you don't want to be hanging around. It closes with, down that net so quickly. Yeah, he he needs to do that and just take his chance here. I mean, this is Grigor Dimitrov in a Grand Slam semi-final against someone other than the big three. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. what an opportunity! And he needs to. He needs to have a good serving day. He needs to have a second serve-wise. He needs to be on it because that's what I mean he, he said in his interview with us when Greg was asking about his issues on on serve and his his tendency to double fault of, of, over the last 12 months or so and Grigor said yeah the struggle has been very real <laughs> I love the honesty <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Ooh, we're here we've arrived we're here right back in a second thank you, so thank you. sorry Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This edition of the Tennis Podcast is sponsored by Tennis Channel and Tennis Channel Plus is the place to watch the French Open. They've got every court live and you can watch on your phone or your smart TV, both in HD. Matt, this sounds like your kind of thing. 
Yeah, there's nothing I like more than watching multiple courts with matches everywhere, dipping in to where there's the latest final set tiebreak or even the latest bit of aggro. And David, don't worry, you can just watch your favourite court, Suzanne Longlen, all day if you want. But whatever you choose, the French Open promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Do you know, I think in a lot of ways, the French Open is now my favourite slam. It's the strategy of the clay court tennis, the way it challenges players, and particularly now with legends of the game up against a new generation of young players. I cannot wait. Be there when it happens with daily live coverage beginning on Monday, May the 20th. Subscribe to Tennis Channel Plus to stream daily coverage of Roland Garros. Use promo code TENNISPOD20 for 20% off your annual subscription. Right, where were we? Daniel Medvedev and the troubles he's going to cause Mr Grigor Dimitrov as we settle down into our lobby couch. Look, I'm using the word couch. Uh, Mm, I said trash earlier and I hate myself. We'll be sofa'd and rubbished nicely in a few days' time. (laughs) (laughs) So, how is Daniel Medvedev going to be feeling? That is the question mark. Do you think two days is enough based on what you've seen throughout this tournament? Look how many times he's struggled physically here. And still made it through every single time. Yeah, I do. I do. Two days off is more than he's had in... months (laughs) months <laughs> two straight <laughs> days off <laughs> I do love that sort of look in his eyes when you suggest that he might not play next week or that he might not practice tomorrow or something he looks at you as though you've just completely lost the plot yeah so, but but tennis I, I do tennis I tennis okay <laughs> go away um, yeah I uh, I think he's going to be fine there might be the old bit of drama where he starts getting asked for some treatment for acute lack of bicep <laughs> yeah Grigor wins on that score um, um, but I think basically he'll be fine I feel so weird about it because I, I mean look usually I try to be really dispassionate about tennis matches that I'm working on and I'm really I, I'm, I'm usually able to do that I usually I just love watching the matches and commentating on them and, and obviously you know when I commentate on Dimitrov against Medvedev, I I will be objective. I will be I will behave correctly <laughs> and professionally. <laughs> but I but I there's something about Dimitrov that just gets me. Knowing well, knowing what's happened in his career, knowing what he's like as a as a person, or at least I don't know I don't know him well. I should say that I, I've never socialised with him or anything like that. But he, but he's just a really he seems like a really nice bloke. We've talked about that, and you you know that he has he he has struggled to to achieve and to reach his potential. I mean he, he or what we thought was his potential, and then suddenly out of nowhere, Catherine. Imagine if two weeks ago somebody had told us that we would be sitting here on Thursday night with Grigor Dimitrov one match <laughs> away from a Grand Slam final. Imagine. Yeah, somebody screenshotted a text in which I'd said, he's losing round one, uh, and sent it back to me the other day. I won't say who. Um, <laughs> I, do, I do remember that, Somebody actually. was telling me about... 
with the chat we were having was oh potential Dimitrov meeting with I don't know somebody interesting in round an- three and I said well, he's losing round one it was Andrea Seppi in first round wasn't it in fact the, mo- uh, the moment yeah. Andrea Seppi came out of the draw you said oh no yeah because he'll give you the chance to choke yeah and I thought that Dimitrov was in a place where he would grab that chance. We were watching that match yeah. in parts yeah. together because he won the and first hang set. Hang on, you were as worried as I was. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> I mean, he won the first set, and then I think, I think he he went something like four two down in the second set, and you just went, oh no, <laughs> here we go. Yeah. <laughs> but I think winning that was a good was a really good sign yeah. in itself because you don't beat. Andreas Seppi by accident or with a bit of luck you don't do that you have to play really well um, I mean the, the one that really struck me was when he beat Dimonor in straight sets big time because yeah. it'd be so easy to either lose it because Dimonor's a good player and he's solid and he, and he runs everything down and also the idea that he would beat him in straight sets mm. sounded fanciful to me because mm. Grigor can be pretty erratic mm. you know the, yeah there, there wasn't any drop off or anything from where yeah I agree do you know I think that was he's a sit the, up and take notice he's result. about he's about the only player that I call by their first name more than I should it's terrible yeah I, I know. don't I don't like calling tennis players by the first name no I feel the same as you but it's because we adopted him on the podcast didn't we got a long history yeah if only he knew Ah. <laughs> uh. It's probably best that he doesn't. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably best that he doesn't know some of the things we've said over the years. Uh, he who shall not be named. Somebody reminded me. I called him for about six months. Um, when was that? About this 2013 years, something like that, or 2015. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, he's in a semi-final. Is he going to win? No, I don't think he is. I think Daniil Medvedev is going to win in four, maybe. Um, as I say, I think he'll show up. I think he'll give a good account of himself. But I think it's, this one is about matchups, and I don't love that matchup for Dimitrov. Okay. And despite the way you're looking at me, I think you agree. I I can't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. But we talk love Daniil as well. I, don't, I know, but it's very early. It's very, he's, he's a young man. He's only been around for a year or 23? two. 23? Hang on. I didn't Grigor know. Dimitrov is all the evidence you need that time ticks along very quickly. I know. One minute you're 23, the next minute you're uh, 28, I, is he? I haven't had time for, for that association to become enormously significant in my life. You haven't watched the videos enough times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to watch the videos <laughs> when I get home just to cheer myself up. Um, yes, yeah, so if you're wondering what we're talking about, we're talking about the booing videos. When you go to sleep tonight, <laughs> know that it was you that made me win. <laughs> oh, so great. <laughs> <laughs> it's the way he just stood there, stock still in the court, and deliberately put his arms up and just stood there like a statue for about twenty seconds. <laughs> oh, anyway, no, it's um, yeah. I, I would say about eight months ago, I didn't even know how Daniel Medvedev talked. So it, he's won me over in the last four or five months because of 
discovered what a what a what good company is at least what a charming polite chap he is i mean i think it's also we, we just have to remind people that he, his rap sheet is pretty pretty poor he has mm. been involved in some incidents that that can't be glossed over um and you know mm. that needs to be factored in with, with him because I think it's very easy to forget about all that uh, and I'm I would like to think that he is going to improve on those elements of his career but. he doesn't hide from them though he says he's quick to say I'm not proud and mm. I'm trying to be a better person yeah. which I appreciate yes okay the other match is Matteo Berrettini against Rafael Nadal honestly when I say these matches I'm really excited about them because, that, I mean, on paper, that should be one-sided again. And the danger is that it, that it becomes like the Federer match at Wimbledon. That's the fear. But if Berrettini comes out and plays well, I think he's got a game that could hurt Nadal. Game, yes. Again, if it comes down to match-ups, I agree. I actually think that's a, a decent match-up. I suppose the only element of his game that isn't so... Um, uh, positive looking matchup wise is his he's got a really lovely slice backhand doesn't he you don't want to be using a slice you don't want to be slicing anything to Nadal so ditch that Matteo Um, (laughs) keep it simple on the backhand and just try and get it onto your forehand as much as you possibly can how awesome were those first couple of sets between Nadal and Schwartzman last night so good I mean those four games from four love I re-watched them this morning those four games that Schwartzman played from four love down were mind-blowing were they I didn't see no I haven't seen that what were they like absolutely mind-blowing what was he doing just the quality of hitting absolute quality of hitting no errors just I think he won 18 out of 20 points or 16 out of 18 wow just there was just this feeling at the back of your mind of he can't sustain this. Yeah, Rafa can sustain anything for unlimited time. And, and then he had another run of it, didn't he, from 5-1 down in the second set. And again, you, you are... I mean, I, I don't know about you. I was punching the air in my hotel room. And it's not that I wanted Nadal to lose. It's just the idea of this, this little chap who's able to... Who, you said to me when we popped it on your phone as to to keep an eye on it as we were recording last night you said he should be allowed to play the juniors <laughs> I know that sounds terribly high to us right no because he deserves he deserves to win some stuff but the idea I mean pound for pound the way he hits the ball doesn't feel feasible to me mm. the, the speed I mean there were moments where he's trying to knock Nadal off the court and he's five foot seven if that um, but the the other thing that one of my I mean, and the forehand is just destructive from Schwartzman when he really catches it. The other thing he's got in his game, and I love this when somebody like him plays Nadal. He's got the most lethal-looking backhand cross court as well that he hits when he's two feet off the ground. And what happens? It goes into Nadal's forehand, and Nadal. It doesn't matter how hard you hit into that. I think Del Potro could hit into that forehand and the Dow would still find a way to bend it down the line for a clean winner. But the double-handed cross-court backhand to Nadal, if executed absolutely perfectly, that can work. That's what Andy Murray used to do to him. Yeah. 
Yeah. That first time, that, that, first, Aust- time. that first Australian Open match you played against Nadal lost, but it's a really, long time it was ago. that. I don't think Nadal's that player anymore. I think Nadal you has think got the for- kryptonite to that shot. With that, he's got the antidote with that forehand down the line. Okay, so why were you saying that Matteo, Matteo Berrettini has the weapons to hurt Nadal? Because well, you've got, just talked him out of both got, his backhands. No, because he's got other things. He's got he's a, got a forehand. He's got a massive forehand. Yeah. He's got a big serve. Yeah, he's big, yeah. and I think he can. I think it's like the Andreescu argument. He he's got lots of things, and he could try different things. Whereas I kind of feel like Schwartzman's got. One destructive weapon and, and another really good shot that happens to go into the Nadal forehand. I don't know what I don't know what Berrettini's backhand on the line is like because the players that hurt Nadal are the ones who can. Well, Djokovic can hit that shot. Mm. Federer got used to being able to just smack him off the court in the last few, didn't he? Mm. What does what does Fanini do? I mean, is is that a is that a person that Berrettini can turn to? Fanini, is there a way he can replicate his game at all? Well. Danny compared him to... He said he's Fanini with a decent brain. <laughs> Daniel Hansik over, that is. And uh, she is somebody who lives in Rome. So we're going to let... Uh, she, just... knows, she knows Berrettini very well and the family. Mm. Um, she speaks very highly of all of them. Um, and she, she... Yeah, she said, you know, a lot of Italian, Italians are, are very, very talented, but not serious or professional enough. And he is breaking the mould... Mm. as she sees it amazing number of top 100 players now from Italy in the men's side mm. seven I think now may, maybe even in the top 50 inspired by Flavia Panetta yeah who won this title um, th- four years ago 2015 and uh, beat Vinci in the final isn't that amazing to think that that happened it, it was, that is a bananas thought <laughs> very cool uh, so that's all coming up tomorrow uh, the semi-finals in the men's draw and uh, Catherine will be presenting for Amazon Prime from what 3.20 something like that in the afternoon 8.30 local 30 UK UK time build yeah. up to that first singles semi-final we're on air from 5 with the doubles final ah of course um, who is the doubles final it's Cabal and Farah who against... beat Murray and Skupski today in two yes. really tight tie breaks yes and they're against Granoya's Zabayos uh-huh. who won the title in Montreal mm. oh, and that was their first to week together okay um, and then it's uh, yeah and then it's Medvedev against Dimitrov, yes. followed by Nadal against Berrettini. Uh, we'll be certainly commentating live on BBC Radio on the first of those two semi-finals. I won't have updates all night. And then, absolutely cast iron guaranteed, you'll have a tennis podcast <laughs> to listen to afterwards where Catherine and I will uh, will talk about all of it. Um, we hope you're enjoying them. We're enjoying bringing them to you. I don't know what's going on in the lobby. Something's about to happen. Um, I think we can... <gasps> What? Someone's just done a tweet of um, two dogs. Yeah, both both Serena and um, Andrescu have great dogs. Okay. Both in attendance at the tournament. Dogs win prizes, people. I see. Maybe that's the ringtone that is telling everybody that there are dogs ruling the U.S. Open, folks. Um, we we are. Look bro- at that face. Yeah, that's Bianca Andrescu's dog. Coco, the toy poodle. Coco. Look at that face. Yeah, who's that? That is Christopher Chip, Rafael Nadal-Williams, right. who's Serena's Yorkshire Terrier. I see. 
We've been brought to you in association with The Telegraph, uh, executive produced by TennisBalls.com. Uh, our mascot is also a dog, a dog called Rio with the Y, and uh, is lovely. And uh, incidentally, Rosie is on the red wine. <laughs> she is. She's so missing Rosie's Catherine. on holiday. Rosie the dog. If, you haven't, if, if you're a new listener to the tennis podcast over the last six months, you probably haven't heard much about Rosie. Rosie the dog is Catherine's dog. And we got to know about her on the podcast when once <laughs> she gatecrashed the podcast um, by barking very loudly at a man at the door. Um, and uh, she's protecting me. Yes, and now she's a, an integral part of the show, um, as are all of you. So thank you for listening. Um, we hope you're enjoying it. We are. Tell your mates. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Even if they don't like tennis, <laughs> maybe we're the maybe we're the key. Maybe they just like dogs. Maybe they like dogs. Maybe they like conversations in which two people are riding in cabs. Who knows? <laughs> Unlikely, but it could happen. <laughs> uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, see you then. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.